0: Hey, it's Ryan Holiday. Welcome to another weekend episode of the Daily Dad Podcast. I'm just going through my notes now. I'm trying to get caught up on some books that I read. And I'm going through my notes on this book that I ripped through in like one day. It's called His Majesty's Airship by the one and only S.C. Gwynn. S.C. or Sam, as I know him. Sam Gwynn wrote an incredible fucking book called The Empire of the Summer Moon which is probably I was telling him when he was here, it's probably the third or fourth best-selling book, period, in The Painted Porch. Sold like millions of copies. It's one of the best books about Texas, one of the best narrative nonfiction books I've ever read. Just an absolutely badass book. His new book is about the British attempt to create a fleet of airships, specifically this one airship like the Zeppelin uh, that was like 700 feet long. They were trying to fly it to India. Needless to say... <laughs> As with all Zeppelins, it did not end well for the program or anyone on board. And Sam wrote an incredible book about it, which I very much recommend. Anyways, he was out at the bookstore to sign copies of Empire Summer Moon, signs copies of His Majesty's Airship, uh, all of which are at the painting porch. But at the end of the Daily Stoic podcast episode that we did, and we had a great interview, I don't think it's run yet. It wills very soon. At the end, I asked him uh, a couple parenting questions. We ended up talking for like 10 or 15 minutes about parenting stuff. And uh, I thought I would split that out into its own episode, which is what I am bringing you now. And uh, I think you're really going to like it. Here is the one and only S.C. Gwynn. Do read his books. Read the new one, His Majesty's Airship. Read the Old Ones, The Perfect Pass," uh, Rebel Yell, The Hymn of the Republic, and then now His Majesty's Airship and the Empire of the Summer Moon. I love doing projects with my kids. It's a way to get lost in an activity together, to not be involved with screens, to show them the joys of learning and time together and being creative. And That's why I love today's sponsor, KiwiCo., We're always excited when KiwiCo kits come in the mail, although the last one was torn up by my donkey, fun science kit that we had to figure out how to put together before we could put it together. And so I'm always excited to tell you guys about KiwiCo and their Kiwi kits. We've done them with the grandparents, we've done them with my kids, we've got all these different kits of the house, we did this flower one that was cool, this stomp rocket that was cool, these water guns that were cool. They're just super cool hands-on science, art, geography, electronics projects delivered to your door every month. Most of all, it's time together as a family. KiwiCo is redefining learning with hands-on projects that build confidence and creativity and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid or kid at heart at KiwiCo. You can get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line at kiwico.com slash dailydad. That's 50% off your first month at kiwicocom dailydad. Can you think of the best piece of parenting advice you ever got? Whoa. This piece
1: of parenting
0: advice.
1: I don't know who would have given it to me. I mean, I don't know who, who would have given me. What, what, when people answer this, who did they say gave them that
0: advice? It's their parents, or they picked it up in a book, or just like here's an expression. I, you know, like just just. Or what is a piece of parenting advice you give?
1: I don't. Do you? Is there that, a piece that, of parenting? I, I, I go blank.
0: Is there a piece of parenting advice or strategy that you hate? Like you, you're like this is not how to do it.
1: I don't know. That's interesting. I, I'm normally not a blank guy. I have opinions about everything. But uh, uh, like, a, uh, parenting strategies, parenting techniques, parenting things that I value. That I. I mean, I'm trying. To, I'm just trying to think of some. Yeah, people. and it doesn't this have to be for, like,
0: an infant or something. It's it's more just like, hey, this is this is sort of my parenting philosophy. You know, people will talk about loving unconditionally, about supporting, about, you know, thinking about the things that really matter.
1: Yeah, I think loving unconditionally, certainly, and supporting unconditionally. Loving and, and supporting unconditionally would be part of it. Yeah. Um, I think that one of the things that, actually happened was that we um our daughter was not like us Mm. Katie was an artist and a fine arts major and I was a kind of an English major French major history major kind of guy you know I'm a writer she's an artist um and we have we had daughter (coughs) who was very smart but um Oh, and another thing—we were we were big readers. Yeah, I mean, this is the world we would sure. like to live in. In fact, you know, everyone says if you fill your house with books, the kid is just going to love books. Bullshit. Yeah. You know, when we wanted her to go to sleep, we would send her upstairs with Harry Potter, because <laughs> she'd get second sentence and gone. Yeah. So she wasn't like us. So I think that this is this is more a practical technique yeah. though than anything. This is, I guess, appreciating the child for what the child is, and the child was not us. Yes, at all. And so we I mean we, we took steps because at some point we said we we were thinking about we're just centered to some liberal arts college and I mean this is a person who doesn't belong there. So we we centered it to this is this is so practical, this is less philosophical, but we centered an architecture camp and an engineering camp at A and M. one at one at Virginia Tech and the engineering camp at A and M. Just thinking maybe. she might get interested. She went to A&M for a week, engineering camp. came back, said, this is what I want to do with my life. Everything spun around. She ended up at USC, honors engineering, and she's a very successful engineer. But I guess the point was, and I wonder how like celebrities do this, particularly somebody in Hollywood, you know, where you, where, you know, inside the business where it's, it's, how do you sort of, separate your child away from whatever your values are i mean okay you guys are successful movie stars or rock stars or whatever but the child doesn't have to be that yeah and you're going to affect hurt the child or wound the child i think we would have if we just expected her i don't know we we, we could have we could have said sweetheart you should be an english major and yeah. she probably would have done it because she's just a little 17 year old she wouldn't have known any better and she didn't know about engineering and she didn't know about those things so i think that it was but again, that's that's less philosophical than just practical. We said we 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 recognize our own flaws in our ability to manage her and the fact that she was different than we were.
0: Well the 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 way I've heard that described in advice was your job is to help them become who they are, not what you want them to be. There you go. See if I'd been smart I would have said that.
1: But that's true. Yeah. But I think so many people <clears throat> you know I, you hear that in the celebrity world i think the kids face this all the time they get they get expectations from the parents that yeah. they're going to be something as grand and wonderful and and celebrities perhaps in their own way and they never get encouraged to become accountants or consultants <laughs> or dentists yeah. i mean imagine the child of you know two big hollywood stars becoming a dentist you never ever hear that yeah. the kid probably would have had a great life as a dentist instead they all end up like Gary Crosby, you know, Bing's son completely just bouncing off the walls because he can't match
0: the expectation of Bing's. Well, yeah, the the dichotomy I heard is like, are you a gardener or um, a carpenter as a parent? Right? A gardener is trimming and supporting yeah. and watering and a carpenter's trying to make it into a thing. And there's one is a more humble sort of servant role, and the other is a sort of superior, egotistical, authoritarian role. And ultimately, like, even if you succeed, even if you make them into what you want them to be, they're not gonna be grateful, right? They're gonna resent you for it. Like, they they make it in the NBA, they're still not gonna want to come home for Christmas. talk in Daily Dad about some of these things we discover about our fathers later on, right? Because they didn't tell us, they played it close to the vest. We didn't know they had these experiences, that they went through these things, that they had insights about these, that, that they were there for certain things. And with Father's Day coming up, one way you can address that, one real special thing you can do with the father figure in your life is, is to give them the gift of StoryWorth. StoryWorth is this online service. I've used it, I've given it as a gift before. It helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. It's a thoughtful, meaningful gift that connects you with those who matter most. Every week, StoryWorth will email your loved one a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of options. And then StoryWorth compiles all those stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake book that you can share and revisit for generations to come. And you'll be amazed at all the things you discover. Give all the dads in your life a unique and meaningful gift that you'll all cherish for years, Storyworth. Right now for a limited time you'll save ten bucks on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash daily dad. That's s t o r y w o r t h dot com slash daily dad to save ten bucks on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash daily dad.
1: But it's with Maisie I mean and and it, what has evolved is um you know, it's like me helping her with her with – her, she had to take in her engineering curriculum, you know, English and history courses, thank God. She had to take some of them. And so, and so I would help her with all of her essays. Mm-hmm. And she enjoyed the help. And part of the reason, I think, was that there was a, this – implicit, sometimes explicit understanding that Maisie can do like thermodynamics and fluid dynamics and properties of steel structures with her hands tied behind her back in her sleep. I couldn't do them if you pay me $50 million. Yeah. You know, that we have these different skills entirely. Yes. Respect for, I mean, when, and you know, she, she can't write a book. She, yeah.
0: Uh, or read, or doesn't want to read she doesn't one doesn't
1: want to read. But she's just starting how to read. But she's a brilliant engineer. So, yes. okay, so we have, you know, I admire her. She admires me. It's good. I mean, it's
0: um i think plato said something like nothing taught by force stays in the soul and so it's like you have this thing that you love and you want to force your kids to like it right. and it's not only not going to work it's probably going to backfire but like you're saying somehow magically probably genetic but also because books are amazing she's coming back to it all these years later but she if you, if, but if you had forced it it would have been the opposite yeah
1: I mean, if we had we had gone after her for not reading. I mean, when we lived in a world in a world where, you know, the the parents were all Olivia. You know, she's just twelve years old. She's read all the Harry Potters twice. That that's the world mm-hmm. of just read, 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 and fill your house with wonderful books, and your kids will read. And all these kids read. The parents brag about how, you know. And my wife was reading Tolstoy when she was eleven. Yeah. So I mean, that that's us. Sure. I mean, we we Katie could out brag anybody for what she was reading when she was eleven years old, but yeah we 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 never we never assigned that as an expectation
0: there's probably also a humility there in realizing that there's nature versus nurture that you're like hey i'm not really in control here they come out to a certain degree as they are with their own like like um you can't make your kid an extrovert like they're either an introvert or an extrovert and you have to accept you're not driving this ship that probably does help you relax a little bit or more people would be better if they could relax and just accept like you're along for this ride also.
1: The difference I guess comes if your kids just a total fuck up and then I don't <laughs> then I'm not sure what you do. We didn't we had a play yeah. wonder, wonderful great child who wasn't. Yes. Uh but uh, we have friends who certainly have children who are problems. I wonder how who, much who, of who that is who have great bad depressive problems and things like that, you know.
0: But I even wonder like how much of that is like they had the- they started call they started to see their kid as a fuck up. Whereas like how many late bloomers are there that get it together later in life? Yeah. And but what an awful turn it is and self-fulfilling uh, prophecy it is when, when they start to get the sense that their parents think they don't think have it. Yeah. You know, and yeah, yeah. And patience being patience and a lack of judgment being two virtues that most parental child relationships could probably benefit from more of It's much more likely that you're too judgmental and not patient enough than it right. is that you're too permissive and tolerant. Right.
1: And it, it gets, there's there's a point where it, it would challenge, though, the best of us, the best of anybody. So the third time the kid gets hauled in by the yes. cops for whatever it is, sure. I mean, okay, it starts to look bad. Yes. And you're gonna have to be a person with great kindness and patience.
0: Yes, um, and, and how much of it is that you really care or that it really is a huge issue, and how much of it is, but other parents of other kids think it's a big deal. Yeah. Like for me, when I dropped out of college, it was a huge deal for my parents. I found out later, like my dad had also dropped out of college, so it and he turned out fine, right? Mm-hmm. So it he knew objectively that it was survivable, mm-hmm. but I think the real issue was like that was uncomfortable for them to talk about with other parents, and so the the comparison game, like when you're an author, if you're just thinking about what you're doing and how it's going for you, much better than if you're. But how did they get this? Or but so and so said that's a bad number. Uh, that's yeah. what screws with your compass exactly so you just had one one child yeah thank
1: god only <laughs> one, to, one to worry about but she she's great she's 30 years old now and she's wonderful and terrific
0: so. and does it does it ever stop does parenting ever stop or is it um, is it an, an, an all-time thing a job for life job for life yeah job for
1: life doesn't stop no how I does it evolve
0: so. Um,
1: she's not a person who has sort of problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, per personally herself, she doesn't have. Um, I mean, she doesn't have any problems with mental illness, which you know so many people these days do. And uh, fortunately, and knock on wood, maybe next year that'll change. I don't know, but I mean, she's she she has. Um, I don't know. We feel. I think that. I think she manages us, and we manage her simultaneously. There's kind of a simultaneous managing that goes on and uh, um, I don't know it's it's uh, that's a hard question to answer, but I think that we're we are constantly talking about the the strategy for how we how we're gonna deal with her yeah and, and not because there's a problem, not because some horrible thing has happened, but it's just you know okay so how how can we not be too overbearing here you know we, we you know she just had four weekends with. Uh, her, her boyfriend's family her friend 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 and I say we're not showing up on weekend five that's you know, very Hi. that's extremely considerate though and <laughs> and aware just but yeah could try to be considerate aware give her her space leave her alone but there's also a bit of only child in there yeah because we don't am I I'm I'm one of five there's only Maisie yeah and my parents couldn't have covered the five even if they wanted to. So I felt, in fact, very free when I was in my 20s and even 30s because they, they just had their hands full of the others. Yeah. One way or the other. And I just, you know, um, but with Mays, it's just one. And I see. She, thinking... she gets, I see, you get all the attention, all the love, all the money, all the criticism. You get. It's all for you, babe, right there. There's nowhere to hide.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the the mental illness thing is interesting for me because I was thinking I, I just gave this uh this talk to this like Wall this group of Wall Street bankers and uh, these are all like people who manage like billions of dollars and in the Q and A they were all like people don't want to work these days or you know why do young kids have all these problems and and it's like probably because you were at the office all the time and their nanny was raising them but uh, my my point was I was pushing back on this idea that like Gen Z is like that we should be al- like, I, I think there's an argument to be made that let's, sit, let's say Gen Z or millennials are just taking care of themselves and actually dealing with their problems. Mm-hmm. Whereas in previous generations, there was a lot of pretend it doesn't exist, stuff it down, treat it with alcohol. Uh, alcohol. You yeah. know, That's it's my like, solution. Yeah. It, it, so, so it's like, sure, they weren't, they, they didn't have X, Y, or Z diagnosed illness, but they were subsequently diagnosed yeah. as an alcoholic, which is the same thing, <laughs> right? Exactly.
1: That's a pr- probably a pretty good theory. Yeah, but it, because there's a lot of things that there. If you see just suddenly, you know, the number of of trans people that are just turning up. Yes. Well, w- w- as my neighbor says, who has a trans child, they were always there. Yes. But I mean, there's there's there, people are coming out. You know, I mean, coming out in many different ways that that they never did before, and and that may, as you say, that's another way maybe that you know acknowledging things that that's that wonderful. things are wrong
0: that's wonderful
1: right that they're popping out right like, like great
0: the idea that you're going to stuff it back down is right. not a solution right. either well because it's funny i was going to joke it was it's not in, be- in good taste but you mentioned that article uh, that author earlier who was uh uh was trans um and uh, and so I was like, is this a new author? And you're like, no, she's she's from the 60s or 70s. And I was going to say, you mean this isn't just some woke plot? like <laughs> be, Because there is this sense that uh, all these things are new. And in fact, these people have always been there. Yeah. They've just been made to feel that it wasn't okay to be them or, or it was okay to be gay but not any further than that. Yep. And at, it, it should be a good thing and we should be happy that people are – Becoming what they are, I think of it. It's like, hey, some people want to drive around and live in a van. Like, it's cool that technology allows that to be a somewhat viable path in life. Right. You're why, not. A bu- you- you're not a bum automatically. Yeah. Why do you have to have an
1: opinion about this? Right. And it, and it may be, as you say, that you have so something that statistically we're going to start calling mental illness or yeah. problems that uh, they're just actually. People acknowledging things that we would, I would, yeah, right. Have another couple of gin and tonics would have been my solution to it, but you wouldn't acknowledge that. Yes. Or even the uh, this kind of you know, yeah, there was this great theme in *Brideshead Revisited*, which is that one of the guys was you know ashamed of being unhappy. You know that was mm-hmm. his problem. He was ashamed that he was because he was supposed to be happy, yeah. but he wasn't, and he was so ashamed of it. And, yeah. And he and he uh, redirected this all sorts of different ways. Um. But, yeah, I mean, it's it it. Probably a good
0: thing. Well, I was reading. You know, now the new sort of reactionary conservative movement. At first, it was abortion rights. Now it's sort of uh, gay and trans rights. And then the next big thing is going to be no fault divorce. That's what. That's really yeah. Because you you you're trying to turn, turn right back the clock. Well, no fault divorce. Well, no fault divorce can you can blame the dissolution of the family on um, because suddenly people cannot be in marriages they don't want to be in anymore. But that also forces people to to. Make their spouse actually like them. Do you know what I mean? And so,
1: I don't. What what is a no fault divorce? No
0: fault divorce. By the way, New York uh, uh, passed no fault divorce like in the two thousands. I think I forget what the first state was, but I think it it was California. I think it was Ronald Reagan as governor. So this is when it goes back. But it's basically like if you want to get a divorce, you can get a divorce. You don't have to. You don't have
1: to allege cruelty or mental cruelty or or anything like that. Sit some
0: period out to prove if like you don't like this marriage, you don't have to be in this marriage anymore. Right. Which I think a reasonable person would say. Is that linked in any way to
1: the disposition of assets in the marriage?
0: No, it's, it's much, the, the reaction against it is, well, divorces went way up when you could get a divorce. Right. Um, and so that reduces the power mostly of men to sort of rule over the family a mm-hmm. certain way. Um, it, it reduces the power of men to decide how the kids are going to be. Cause the, right. the mom can say, I don't like how you're treating Billy and I'm leaving, you know? And, um, and, and it, it, it in it expands the role of society and school and the community to be involved in what the family does and says so it's, it it it'll, it it'll be it's kind of the next political battleground yeah. like i don't know if you know there's this right-wing guy um stephen crowder who's a total garbage person but anyways he he announced recently he was like my wife decided that she doesn't wanna be with me anymore. And in the state of Texas, that's perfectly allowed. (laughs) And and this is how he's explaining that his wife left him as this thing that's being done to him, even though all 50 states allowed no-fault divorce. But um, it's it's interesting, as they found when no-fault divorce laws were passed, um, suicide in women went way down. And the reason is they could leave they could leave the marriage in another way yeah right yeah. so so sometimes we don't understand the way things are linked to each other and i think some of the mental illness stuff that we're all you know, like like it's some social contagion it's like no 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 it's probably some other place that we were sending a very strong message yep. like you can't be like this you can't do this that's yep. not okay yep. women can't have jobs like this or you know men have to be a certain way and then we change things and then right it looks like something other than what it actually is right yes yeah very and, interesting and largely I, I think my view is anything that lets people be more like they truly are and free to be who it's a it's a wonderful thing that we should yeah. celebrate yeah absolutely well rant over but this was amazing <laughs> well
1: thank you sir it's been fun
0: hey you're listening to the daily dad podcast